0: Greetings and welcome to the Golf Bank System Podcast 151. This is our 2021 Genesis Invitational Tips and Picks episode. Paul Williams joins me, Steve Bamford, to discuss this week's PGA Tour action. Good morning, PW. How are you? Good morning, Steve.
1: I'm not bad. How are you?
0: I'm all right. The the frozen north seems to have disappeared. I actually went out for a walk in the daylight and um, it wasn't minus 30 with the wind chill yesterday it's quite
1: nice it's, it's, it's a revelation do you know by the weekend steve you better get those shorts out and those uh, milky white legs
0: i know i actually said to the to the good wife looking at the bbc weather there might be an opportunity to get the the uh, barbecue out <laughs> at some point <laughs>
1: i know yeah any sign of sun I'll i'm sure that tell. won't
0: happen uh, this podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be aware. You can visit begambleaware.org for more information. And, of course, please bet responsibly. Visit our world-famous Golf Betting System website with our in-depth betting previews, masses of tournament statistics, and our predictor models, all available, free of charge. There is no paywall. Please subscribe to the podcast and drive the popularity of the show. On Twitter, Paul is at golfbetting.com. I am at Bamford Golf. You can join our Golf Betting System Facebook group. The link is available in the description box. Plus, look out for the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel where I present the Golf Betting Show every week. I've just recorded that, actually. And uh, I caught myself 32 minutes into the show and realised I should really stop gabbling and uh, actually just let the people have it. <laughs> I'm so quite excited about fun, eh? Well, I must be quite excited about this week. So it's a big week. Please take time to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. That is the podcast currency and drives our listener numbers continually upwards. I've got a bit of a challenge actually, Paul. Mm. Um, a couple of weeks ago, our good friends over in the United States took us through the 100 reviews barrier on yep. Apple Podcasts. Get we are on. we are currently sitting at 91 reviews on the UK apple podcast site. So if you're in the UK and you support the show and you like what you uh you like what you hear each and every week and you listen to us, please take 30 seconds or a minute out of your time and write us a five-star review if you're in the uh, if you're in the United Kingdom. Of course, if you're in the States and you want to do the same, you press ahead, but it's these reviews are undoubtedly um, they really do help in terms of just getting Apple to give your podcast more visibility. And I think we were in the top five last week for golf podcasts in the United Kingdom. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's all down to our listeners, Paul.
1: We've had some some, some lovely chart positions. So yes, thanks for everyone who's contributed so far. And as Steve said, if you want to write a few lines, then uh, please do.
0: I've got a couple here. This one is from Big Blind John. I don't know where he is, but Big Blind John... Appreciate your time. Uh, the title is uh, Top Golf Podcast. He's given us five stars. These gents are on top of all things golf. Never played the game myself. Well, nor have uh, Paul and I at any kind of standard. Believe me. <laughs> it's big, big blind kind of quality. My God. But I can make money off of it because of the free advice they give out By far my favourite golf podcast, and it isn't even close. Please keep up the great work, and I look forward to listening and making more money in the future. That is Big Blind John. Lovely, thanks. Oh, sorry, he has—he has left. uh, He has told told us where he is. Uh, It was just a split in the page. He's in Colorado Springs, in Colorado. And Big Blind John was our hundredth Apple Podcast review in the United States. Brilliant. A milestone. Uh, must listen for golf betting. Five stars. This one is from Nile, and he's in Belfast. Great pod, which I'll listened to for both bets and as part of a build up to tournaments. Even if I'm not uh, not betting, excellent stats and great for the lowdown on favourites and longer shots alike. Get listening to inform your bets. And for a laugh about blacklisted, never backing again players, <laughs> ain't that the truth? <laughs>
1: That's
0: a long old list, dude. Well, I must say that used to include. Well, it probably still does. Daniel Berger. I can't. I just don't get on with Daniel Berger. No. This is no, a no. great. This is a great segue into last week. I don't know if you noticed that. Um, <laughs> I just can't stand the bloke.
1: It was a horrible price last week as well. Wasn't and
0: it? fourteen uh... to one post. DJ yeah. withdraw,
1: was he 12-1? to 1? I was in that kind of uh, no. virtually unbackable range after, after DJ. He wasn't particularly backable before DJ uh, withdrew, did he? But, uh, I not he's, he's not one of my, top of my list uh, players either.
0: So, you can yeah. tell now, quite easily, who bookmakers do not want to take a penny of money on. I think we know who it is this week. Um, <laughs> um, that's fairly obvious from what from what we're seeing, but yes, he they didn't want to take a penny on burger last week. No, no, um, and I just, I think I he'd won once in seventy seven PGA Tour outings. That was clearly this year at Colonial, but he's 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 dumped he's definitely jumped a level and to do what he did, to bogey a uh, double bogey eighteen on Saturday, so that Speed had a two shot lead going into Sunday. By hitting it out of bounds into Maverick McNeely's back garden, mm. and then to eagle the 18th when he was tied for the lead with said Maverick McNeely, who lives at Pebble Beach, um, that showed some bold, didn't it?
1: Yeah, it did. No, no, he was, he, he was impressive. Kind of, kind of infuriating to watch, isn't he? But um, you know, that's you get various. Various characteristics with these players, and uh, you just have to get on with it, don't you? But uh, yeah, yeah, you know, fair play to him. A good, good finish in the end. You know, late, that late. Nate <laughs> Lashley had a had a good chance as well, didn't he? Until he imploded towards the end. And
0: how, how many and, times have we said it, Paul? It's a, a lot with this golf. It's who these guys are up against. I don't yeah. care if 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 he stand on the 18th tee and he's head to head with Dustin Johnson or Rory McIlroy. I don't think Daniel Berger wins. If he's head-to-head with Maverick McNeely and Nate Lashley throwing in doubles and, you know, he's won South Wind twice. I know the the win at Colonial last year was loaded because it was the first tournament back. Yeah. The other thing I think does favour Berger at the moment is no crowds. I don't think he's the sort that can handle the hammering that these crowds dish out when they're actually there. But yes, yeah, you know, fair play to A few bit of
1: chance, wasn't it? You know, Cantlay had a decent chance as well. You know, clearly your man Spieth going into the final round with uh, a couple of shots lead. Um, Another good opportunity for you to uh, to get one over the line, but uh, it just uh, just isn't quite happening at the moment, sadly.
0: Mm. I thought Spieth had something about him, but as he said in his post-round interview, I actually listened to that this morning in bed. He said um, the key to the key to Sunday was actually getting that fast start. He said, "I need I, the strategy was get a you know hold that two shot lead. If I could eat that out to three when I made the turn back into the wind, I had some shots to defend that lead with. But shooting one over over the first six holes was while well, people were shooting three and four under, game over. He, he said I lost the lead and all of a sudden it it all turned sour. Yeah, he's honest, yeah. isn't he?
1: Yeah, it is. And it's, it's difficult to see, you know, if you're, if you're kind of treading water, even slowly going backwards and there's guys out there, you know, birdieing three, four, five out of the first six or seven mm. holes, then it's uh, pretty demoralising, I guess. And, uh, you yeah, know, it pretty changes your outlook. You have to start to f- try and find ways to push things on and uh, you know, mistakes start to, to creep in. I mean, ultimately, his long game wasn't too bad. And there's clearly something percolating with Spieth. Um, he's going to be a popular pick at the Masters, um, should he continue his form over the next few weeks.
0: Hasn't he been slashed sixteen to one all of
1: a sudden? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think it was, uh, people were picking up sixty sixes um, not so long ago, and uh, yeah, he's uh, he's rapidly been cut down to a to a more Jordan Spieth at the Masters like number. Um, so, so yeah, you know, people people will take that chance on him because his record there is so so stellar. Yeah, it was uh, his long game wasn't too bad. It, you know, putting was probably the bit that let him down last yep. week
0: against. It was the putter. The putter let Jordan Speed down. Mm. But yeah, he's he percolated. I would, I would never choose him at Riviera. That is not a Jordan Speed no, golf no, no, course. No. Uh, Riviera is all about power. It's all about um, having that ability to hit the ball a long distance on key holes. Mm. I mean, you've only got to look at the winners list. But anyway, I'm jumping the gun here. But yes, really. Ri- there were, there were going to be certain tracks moving forward. Don't forget that he's missed... I think he can still get into the WGC in Florida next week, but he's going to have to have, get a top two, three finish this week, which is possible, I suppose. But yeah, he, this- he knew that Pebble Beach last week was a huge opportunity for him to get yeah. back into that world top 50, to keep that record of attending all the WGCs that he has since like 2013. But... I don't think Riviera is more is his jam, really. And I did say to you last week on the podcast, you look at the Florida swing, that isn't his jam either. That's the problem. He doesn't yeah. get on with any Florida golf course apart from Copperhead. And Copperhead, as we know, isn't your typical Florida water everywhere golf course. It's more of a Carolina classical tree line job, which is the kind of course that he loves.
1: Yeah. I mean, at, at the peak of his powers, um, mm-hmm. he he can compete pretty much anywhere. He has competed in the... And he's got a couple of top 10s, I think, around here in the past. Yeah. But, but now I'm with you. I think, you know, it, apart from the fact that there will be this clear motivation to keep that streak going, as you're saying, um, there is that final chance for players who um, can find their way into the top 50 of the world rankings this week um, or the top 10 of the FedEx Cup. But um, that's going to demand a pretty... Lofty position, finish finishing position from Spieth, um, and a few of the others who are on the cusp of it as well. And given the strength of this field this week, it's you know incredible field, which I'm sure we'll go through in a second. But uh, that's going to take some doing by some of these guys who have got to uh, got to find some, got to pull something out of the bag this week.
0: They've actually moved Valspar this year to May, so it's actually after the Masters. Right. So for someone like Jordan Speeth, he's now faced with the if he can get into the WGC next week, he's playing, he'd play that at concession. He never plays Bay Hill. Um, he's got the Players' Championship, which I, he's finished third there once, but that again doesn't shout Jordan Speed overly. He never plays the Honda Classic. And then you're into the WGC Dell Technologies match play.
1: Yeah.
0: Where I don't, what's his current ranking? Let's have a look. Is he in the top 64? He would have clearly jumped over the last couple of weeks. He,
1: would have, yeah, push
0: he, he sneaked into 62nd in the world.
1: Right. And that normally goes down a little bit further than 64 because you get get a few players who really don't want to play the match play. But yes, yeah.
0: I can only see, looking at that schedule, I can only see his odds getting bigger for the Masters. I unless, unless he does something crazy and goes absolutely nuts this week at Riviera I don't really see where the good finishes are coming from because they're not they don't shout jordan speed tracks to me. Yeah. Harbor Town, yeah, so- yes. Valspar, yes. Uh, he's got Colonial the week after the PGA. Yeah, they're all they're clearly good Jordan speed tracks but Florida, no. Nah, not for me. So we'll see. I'll be interested to see who's going to be playing that Puerto Rico Open next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah there's always one where you can try and pluck out a little bit of uh, value further down, can't
0: you? It is. And then, like last year, Victor Hovland won at 12-1. to <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, But I don't know if there's going to be a Victor Hovland type that plays that this year. Because mm. Zalatoris has just sneaked into the WGC. I think he was 49th in the world. He managed to get in there, Zalatoris. So there's no Zalatouris turning up at 6-1 to one to win the Puerto Rico Open next week.
1: Yeah, and you, you tend to get a, a handful of uh, reasonable European Tour-style players. Don't you come over and play this as well? Mm. Might be a couple to look out there. Might be a little bit under the radar.
0: Anyway, for next week, that one. Before we talk Genesis, I was just looking. I pulled together some analysis first thing this morning. Just to look at people's performances over the last 25 outings, yeah? it was that's just a normal number i came up with over a, a week some Weetabix this morning i'll look at the last 25 outings both the european tour a pj tour and just look to see of the top guys in golf how the how the hard stats break down yeah in terms of wins and in terms of each way payouts yeah yeah so i've taken i've been generous on apart from short field cut tournaments i've taken eight places each way and I just looked at it because I because now we've got this clear distinction in the betting this week at the Genesis Invitational. And I'm hearing all the usual scump about oh you know Dustin Johnson's price at 6 to 1, 11 to 2, it's unfair, it's a rubbish price. You know, how can you have him at 6 to 1 and John Rahm and Rory McIlroy at 12 to 1 and all this. So I just thought I'd have a look at the numbers and see where it stacks up. If you look at Dustin last 25 outings in fact, I think it's last sixteen. When you look at it, he's won five and finished in the each way places, and another five times. Yeah, four of those wins on the PGA Tour, the other one on the European Tour in Saudi. The closest to that is John Rahm. He's finished. He's won four times. Two of those on the PGA Tour, two on the European Tour. He's also had eight each way places on top of that. So actually, if you look at it from a a I-received-a-payout perspective, be that a win, clearly, or an each-way payout, he sits at 48% of his last 25 outings. He's actually returned some cash if if you backed him. Dustin Johnson's at 40%. So I can kind of see that argument in terms of the gap between DJ and Ram being too big based on those numbers. But then you say, well, actually... DJ scored four PGA Tour victories in that time. John, two. Yeah. JT, two yeah, wins, cool. nine each-way payouts, so that's 44%. Yeah. So, I
1: was going to say, one of those wins, clearly, for DJ was the Masters as well, which is on a slightly different level to, to the ones that Rahm's been winning. But, yes.
0: Xander, as we know, zero wins, ten each-way payouts in his last 25 the one that really got me, I mean, we can look at Rory. One win in his last 25 outings, one on the PJ Tour, none on the European Tour, and nine each-way payouts. So that's, again, 40%. That's the same as Dustin Johnson. But where Dustin's won five, Rory's won one of 25. Mm. Bryson DeChambeau, two wins. And 11 additional each way payouts. So he's basically returned money 13 of his 25 last outings, yep. which is the highest ratio of anybody in the top 15 in the world. I think Deshambo's price is very volatile, and you can always get a bit of value on Bryson. I mean, I thought his price this week was decent at 18 to 1. Or was it 16? 16s or 18s was out there?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's. He, he, he's. Volatile is probably the right word, isn't it? Because his performances are also volatile, and some you're either getting a very good performance or you're getting something um, that's you know potentially a miscut cut or, or or particularly poor. Mm-hmm. There's not much in between, is there? So yeah. he's, he's either paying out win or or a place uh, result for you or, or or missing it by quite some stretch. Uh, yeah. While he tries to work out exactly what his own personal approach is as he's tinkering with his.
0: Body and his equipment and all sorts just to Daniel Berger we were talking about him earlier Daniel mm. Berger 2 wins in his last 25 so fair play and an additional 6 each way payout so that's um, 32% of his last 25 outings Tony T4 t- uh, Tony T4 female, 0 wins 11 each way payouts across his last 25 outings
1: yeah, it's hyper consistent. Is you know, is there a case for Finnell whenever you see him at the 20, 25 to one mark, just backing him each way regardless? You know, on the basis that he probably isn't going to win, but he probably you know fifty percent of the time or thereabouts from your analysis there, he yep. has he is actually rewarding each way backers as um, yeah
0: who take the plunge on him. We have said all along, haven't we? Don't ever back him at the three M Open when he's twelve to one. Back him in a good field at 33-1 to 1, and you won't go wrong. Yeah. A bit skinny this week, I thought, at 25s. But clearly, he's, he's got three top 10s on in the three consecutive top 10s. bound to be this mm. price, isn't it? Yeah. Just some, I'll keep an eye on those numbers. Why not? I think that's something just to throw in the mix. It's just interesting to see you know, cold hard facts about players because mm. we all have... A, you know, why is Zanders the same price this week as Justin Thomas? Because clearly Justin Thomas can win and Xander doesn't win. It's these kind of metrics and flows that you see in the betting market each and every week. Yeah. What it does suggest to me is that someone like a Brooks Kepka, who clearly comes to the party at majors, might be a decent bet at the Masters this year. Wasn't he seventh there last year when he was absolutely playing dorky kind of goal? He's fourteen to one right now with Betfred.
1: Yeah, he, he kind of lifts his game, doesn't he? And um, mm. that's why the Phoenix result was was a little bit of a, a surprise, really, I guess.
0: Back the ceiling Paul. fourteen to one for the Masters, Brooks Kepka, and this week he's twenty two to one to win the Genesis Invitational. Makes sense of that. But yeah, as you say, he wins majors. He doesn't tend to win domestic t- titles, does he? As much he focuses on those big prizes. Yeah. Okay, Genesis Invitational, the best field of the year by a country mile. Um, it is absolutely stacked. It, it's, it's kind of a major, isn't it? Without it's a major without yeah, Tiger Woods, yeah. Webb Simpson, and Patrick Reed, and Till Hatton to his credit. Till's not playing us. I take it Till's going straight to Florida WGC. Yeah, you'd have thought so. Where his new base is. Um, DJ 11 to 2. There was a sliver of 13 to 2 at Bet365 yesterday morning, 10 a.m. over in the UK. And that got. <laughs> for about six minutes. Yeah, that got cut within six minutes, yeah. Someone said 13 to 2, Dustin Johnson. Yeah, I'll have a bit of that. Oh, I'm having that. <laughs> Bang. No other book was open and they were cutting his price within six minutes, Dustin Johnson. That tells you a story. Um. Riviera Country Club. Let's talk through the course and the agronomy. When you look at the numbers, it feels like it's. And this, you know, when I started doing this job 12 years ago, you'd look at Riviera and go, oh, yeah, it's kind of a short short track. Anyone can play around it. And back then, I remember 2010, Steve Stricker won it, and Steve Stricker is never the longest of hitters. And each and every year, I mean, even last year, we had Scott Brown. Coming second at five hundred to one, you know, Brown's hardly a banger. Kuchar was right in the mix, wasn't he? Uh, when he first he basically uh, got to the lead, was it just a shot off first round leader, and then he he was in the final group Sunday with Scott and Rory. Yeah. So you don't have to be a huge banger, but when you read Adam Scott, J.B. Holmes, Bubba Watson three times, Dustin Johnson, um. Yeah, there's there's some heavy hands there, isn't there? Some proper powerful drivers of the golf ball. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And some proper ball strikers in there as well.
0: Tony Finau's finished runner up here. JT's finished runner up here. You know, McIlroy's got a cracking record. It does shout to me that distance off the tee is an advantage, but it's not the be all and end all. Because I don't think that's this. That this isn't. It isn't all about strokes going off the tee. Far from it. It's a classical test. It's a uh, par seventy-one. It's in you know suburbs of Los Angeles, Pacific Palisades, uh, tree-lined. It's a thirty-five out, thirty-six back, par seventy-one. Three par fives. Hogan's Alley, um, tree-lined fairways, seven thousand five hundred square feet greens, which are quite chunky, um, but they feature. Poana, putting surfaces. And of course, we have this week where we have to mention Kikuyu grass because there's Kikuyu grass fairways and Kikuyu grass rough. So just think Torrey Pines South because that's the only other course that features Mm. Kikuyu grass. And the correlation between Torrey Pines and here is obvious. Absolutely obvious when you look at the past winners here. Adam Scott, second at Torrey Pines a few years ago and was right in the mix a couple of weeks ago before he we went backwards with my money on him. JB Holmes, before he won here in 2019, he'd finished runner up at Torrey Pines, fourth at Torrey Pines, and sixth at Torrey Pines. Dustin Johnson, yes, his record at Torrey Pines is surprisingly bad, but you go right back, he did actually finish third there one year. Bubba Watson. A winner at Torrey Pines, John Merrick. John Merrick won here in 2013 at some ridiculous price. He'd finished sixth at a US Open 2008 when Tiger Woods won with one leg. Yeah. And there's this definite, definite link between Torrey Pines and here. That's that's not even debatable. Also, previous winners here, apart from James Harm, have all, had all shown form here prior to actually getting over the line here. So Adam Scott had won here and finished runner-up a couple of times. J.B. Holmes, third, sixth, seventh, eighth. For a guy that was 150 to one, you could actually look at him and say, well, he's he's got great course form. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A bit of a course on. specialist, yeah. You got it is
1: it. one of those tracks, isn't it? It is one of those, you know, you get somewhere you can, you can look at these courses and look at the results and kind of infer that you don't need that... Um, that course history that positive course results but uh, this is certainly one of those ones where it's well worth looking at the course history stats and uh, and using that as the basis and foundation of uh, your starting point I think
0: If you look at current players that are playing outstanding golf, mm. Victor Hovland's one you yeah. were on him a couple of weeks going Saudi another one is clearly Yoking the Vundekind Neiman. but you want to be you want to see that they I mean, Hovland's making his debut here and Neiman's played here twice and not done a great deal. I think he had 165 round in there, which showed he could play the course on his debut. And you look at Neiman, you think, wow, he's great price in the market this week. You know, 45, 50 to one out there. I wanted to back him, but I couldn't. I said to you all along, the, the course that suited Neiman the best was Phoenix and he never played it. So, for whatever reason, never played it, but um, I don't know this This to me could suit him I'd be interested in him at the price because it's a decent value price and he, he's coming off second at Kapalua second at the Sony Open but yeah. he hasn't got that course for um, and that's the thing with Riviera it does seem to be the kind of classical test you need to learn you don't see many here that kind of contend on their course debut which makes Rory McIlroy's record here even more impressive because I don't think McIlroy's ever finished out the top six here in three tries. Yeah,
1: he's been popular as well this week, hasn't he? We you, will be. You
0: only. can see why. Yeah. Regulars will know. We always say Rory McIlroy wins. He doesn't, doesn't tend to win. That. When, when he's had a period of nothing, it's that 12-14 to 1 price point where eventually he gets the win. So it's it's close at the moment. It's very close. He's coming up to the players soon. Um, would you back him next week if he was fourteen to one for the WGC at a golf course we've never we don't know anything about?
1: It's, just, it's a difficult one, isn't it? I would. I, I need to dig deeper into the course for next week. It's, I've started my analysis hmm. um, the last couple of days, but yeah, it's. It, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a... I'd, I'd want to see a little bit more out of him, I and mean, he's not been that consistent, really. I mean, his uh, his irons looked good a couple of weeks back. Yet, um, was it Phoenix on his last start? And he's, he was back down into the kind of fiftieth bracket, wasn't he, for for greens and regulation? If you're looking at uh, those historic, you know, the, the old style stats as to how he was performing with his uh, approach play, and uh, yeah, I, I, not quite enough there for me. But uh, you know, I can see people are. Interested in his course record fourth and fifth the last two years, and some will take the chance each with their own.
0: I don't know. I always think with Rory, he, he tends to he tends to drive the ball be brilliantly, yeah. When he's at his pump, you know, long yeah. and st- effortlessly straight. Um, at the moment, last two, yeah, seventieth, and top. 52 for driving accuracy last mm. time out at Phoenix. It seems to be long and crooked. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the, the other point, and um, I'm sure you'll get to it. Not it? that that's, that's an it? issue
0: here. Crooked actually isn't an issue at Riviera.
1: No, I think you need to hit it. you just right? got to
0: hit the tee shot, the right side of the fairway. Don't matter if it's in the rough or on the fairway. It's that kind of course. It's angles. It's all about angles, yeah. this course. Yeah,
1: yeah, and conditions-wise, which, as I say, I'm sure you'll, you'll get into in a second, uh, it doesn't. Seem to be that soft this year, which um, clearly no. uh, Rory thrives when there's a little bit more cut in the ground. And uh, if it is on the bouncier and firmer side this week, then that doesn't really play to his strengths either, I don't think.
0: Hmm. I agree. He's better on firmer ground than you think. I think he was second in actually. I mean, oh yeah,
1: actually Listen, he's a world class player. You know, and at the end of the day, he can. He can turn his hand to a lot of stuff, but it, I think he plays his best golf when you know he, he can. He, his disc, distance control is absolutely bang on, and it's soft and receptive, and he can just get it to absolutely where he wants.
0: Congressional U.S. Open victory, eh? That mm. was that's Rory, eighteen under on a long, soft golf course where. Yeah. The ball just stops. Just
1: throwing those irons to about three feet. Mm. Um,
0: so, yes, Poana Greens, Kikuyu Grass, um, in terms of fairways and rough. The first hole, par five, is in the five, fifth five, top five easiest holes on the whole PGA Tour. Mm. And then you have the par four ele- tenth on the backside, which is one of the toughest holes on the PGA Tour. Um, it's, a, it's a real quirky mix, Riviera. It's a, it's a great golf course. Um love it here with the fans. Love 18 where you've got the stand on the hill and that yeah, whole yeah. wall of people. It's a beautiful, beautiful golf course. One of the best uh, that they play each year. Uh, the players love it. The fact that Tiger's taken this tournament on, even though it's a course he can't get on with, but that just, tell, just tells you everything. You know, Hogan's Alley, great course. Um, clearly, he's building it now into... A, or wants to build it into the biggest non-major WGC event on the PGA Tour. And, I, you know, he's getting there with this kind of field. This field now, the only other field that gets close to it will be the Memorial Tournament. Which, again, of course, is Jack's uh, Jack's mm. tournament. So, it all makes sense. One thing I think that is absolutely vital here. And it's something that um, you just tapped on. Course conditions.
1: Mm.
0: Now, this week, it's going to be warmer. This isn't going to be Pebble Beach, 14 degrees Celsius. This is going to be Los Angeles, 22 degrees. So, you know, players will love that. Um, we're not going to have any wind. Not a breath of wind, really. Five, six, seven miles an hour. So that's not a factor. But what you always you tend to get here, it's either soft or it's firm. And clearly, yeah. Los Angeles, this part of California, doesn't get a lot of rain. I don't know. You know, that's, that's maybe why a lot of people choose to live here, like Frankie Molinari just has done. Not a lot of rain and this course looks like it's going to be firm this week because I didn't see any rain had fallen on this area since the 29th of January and January wasn't that wet either. So I get the feeling and this is going to be, as we saw last year, that 11-12-under winning total, stretching, strategic. I think they'll do exactly, it feels phoenixy to me. I'm just looking at the lead score progression. So, 2020, last year, 7 under was leading after round 1, 9 under after round 2, 10 under after round 3, and 11 under after round 4. That course is getting firmer. The ball's releasing more on those greens, and the scoring, you know, you're just not going to shoot straight rounds here of 64 and win. Just doesn't happen.
1: No, no. No, 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 and the you know it's it's a it's a challenging course in those conditions, and you're going to make bird, going to make birdies, but you're also going to make bogeys and doubles. And uh, you know if you go back through Scott's performance, um, you know the latter end of the the, the tournament last year, um, he wasn't squeaky clean. There were, there were there were mistakes there. There were a lot of mistakes. Um, his putter was working quite nicely, which uh, when you combine that with the fact that Adam Scott is at his best, one of the world, you know, one of the world's best ball strikers, then uh, that's, that's how he managed to get over the line. but uh, he, he wasn't exactly going away from the field at the time, as you've uh, just demonstrated there with those numbers.
0: It's a course with bite, isn't it, Paul? It's got bite. Yeah. It's got double was... bogeys all over this golf course. There's some yeah, tremendously yeah. difficult par fours and par threes.
1: There's Yeah, there's a par um, three. Is it the fourth hole, the par three from memory? It's brutal par three. Really mm.
0: tough one to actually hit the uh, hit there the green are some itself. Nasty, yeah, yeah. I'm just Tricky looking at holes. my sheet. There are there are some vicious holes. Uh, yeah. Oh, the the fourth, the par three. Yeah, yeah that yeah. played that played a quarter of a stroke over par last year. Yeah. yeah. It was the third most difficult um, um, hole on the course. The hardest is the par. 4, 15th. That played a, th- a 0.3 of a stroke over par across the tournament last year, the 15th. It played 4.3 shots as opposed yeah. to a par of 4. So yes, there, there's some vicious stuff here. And again, that doesn't shout Jordan Spieth to me because Jordan Spieth has got a double or a triple in him around here. And when you're firing doubles and triples, you, you're not going to win the golf tournament. You've got to minimise mistakes. Yeah. bogies, yeah, you're going to get them but doubles and triples, difficult yeah, yeah, difficult yeah. to come yeah, yeah, back from you probably.
1: just don't want those card busters do you?
0: the thing I always take from this especially when it's going to be firm and especially when it's going to be fast I'll read you just this Adam Scott won here last year, clearly he topped greens and regulation I know, oh, greens and regulation what a tri- what a rubbish stat that is Well, it actually paints a story though he topped G.I.R. last year greens in reg. He missed 20 of 72 greens. Yeah. And he was the best on the course for hitting greens. You think, okay, how does that stack up to the previous year? Well, the previous year was quite soft, actually, because Justin Thomas, when that course was soft, just scorched it. And then he went backwards when it started to firm up. Um, JB Holmes won that year. He topped greens in regular. Uh, sorry, he was second for greens in regulation. Guess what? Fifty-two of seventy-two greens, seventy-two point two percent. He missed twenty greens that week, and it just screams to me, you've got to have short game here. Dustin Johnson, when he won here in twenty seventeen, he topped greens in regulation. He hit fifty six of seventy two greens, seventy seven point eight percent. So he still missed 16, sixteen greens that week, and he topped GIR. So I, you know, if you're the best ball striker this week, I don't care who you are. You can be Rory McIlroy, you can be Dustin Johnson, you can be Bryson DeChambeau, you can be Colin Morikawa, anybody. You're going to be missing twenty greens. So you've got to have the ability, the scrambling ability, not the strokes gained around the green ability, the scrambling ability to be able to get up and down around here. And that points towards players that are patient and strategic, knowing that if they miss the green, where they need to miss it. Because if you short your side self around here and some of these bunkers that are deep, you are doomed. Absolutely doomed. Now, yeah. Yeah. A- as you know, I keep trackers, eight-week trackers. Um, basically track all the skill sets over the last eight appearance, uh, eight um, um, weeks. I'll take you through the top 12 of this week's scrambling stat, yeah? So these are players over the last 12 weeks in this field, ranked in this field, who have been best at scrambling. Uh, I'll go in reverse order. 12, tied. Daniel Berger, Matthew Fitzpatrick... Bubba Watson. Well, there's one winner around here. Two. Uh, Eleven. Mark Leishman. Great record. Got a couple of top fives here. And great record at Torrey Pines. Same grasses. Nine. Mackenzie Hughes, who's a short game specialist. Um, and Francesco Molinari. Seven. Siwoo Kim, who finished third here a couple of years ago. Xander Uh Tied for fourth. Yokin Neiman, Nick Taylor, Brendan Todd. Tied for second, Patrick Cantley and Dustin Johnson. And number one US Open champion Bryson DeChambeau. And all we ever talk about with Bryson, all we ever hear is that Bryson's all about four hundred yard drives. Well, actually, he's a lot more than that, isn't he? Because he's scrambling and putting absolutely elite level. And that just you know, he's the best scrambler in this field over the last eight weeks, statistically.
1: Just
0: needs to sort those irons out, those short irons and those pitches, and uh, he's a yeah. well-beer. He's an interesting name this week, Deshambo. As we and as we have spoke towards the top of the show, if he does get in the mix, he hangs around. He doesn't disappear. If he if he's if he's near the top of the leaderboard, he's not going away. So I think I think DeChambe is a decent bet this week. I haven't picked him though. But there's just some names in there. I mean, Bubba's in there, DJ's in here. There's there's two players here who have won around here four times, and they're scrambling well right now. So yeah, I think you need. I think you need short game here.
1: Yeah, or the ability. I guess if you do make the mistakes, to kind of just block it out, shrug it off, and and move on. Yeah. The guys with a guys with a you know the hot head, or you know the temperament that starts getting uh, starts seeing bogeys followed by more bogeys, more mistakes. So they're going to be the ones who quickly drift down the down the leaderboard. Yeah.
0: Proper golf course, isn't it,
1: effectively? Yeah, absolutely. Particularly with this field, yeah. Uh,
0: Top 12 T2 Green strokes gained. I'll I'll run you through that as well. There's a couple of names in there I know that you and I have gone for. 12, Colin Morikawa. 11, Sergio Garcia. 10, Bryson. 9, Xander. 8, T4 Tony. 7, John Rahm. 6, Patrick Cantlay. You can see why the best names um, do well each week, don't you? Four, yeah. at this, this Australian sensation, Cam Davis, tied with Victor Hovland. Three, Rory McElroy, Two, Dustin Johnson. Number one, yokin Neiman. Mm. Mm. Yeah, there's
1: quite a few in there with potential this week, I think.
0: My top at the my take at the top of the market was I was absolutely torn between two players yesterday, and I actually built my tips in reverse order because I wasn't, I didn't, I was kind of arm in an R in what I was going to do. Mm. I knew that I wanted to take one of the market leaders, but I wasn't. It was always it's difficult, isn't it? Because it's like separating very wafer thin decisions. Um, I thought long and hard about Rory. I like the price. I love his record here. He is playing some nice stuff at the moment, but as yet, he just hasn't merged it all together. Like you said earlier, one day, one week his irons are great and the driving's a bit awry. Then the next week, the driving's great and the approach play's not so cool. And then sometimes he marries it all together and the putter's stone cold. Yeah. Um, I tend to take Abu Dhabi out of it because he plays well there every time he turns up in Abu Dhabi and never wins. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know yeah, about Abu. Yeah.
1: Well, no, but he should be But he's playing tools, great. He's,
0: play, he's playing good stuff and you just know with Rory, the win is coming. It's coming. Yeah. He's getting to the price point where he does win after a long break of not winning. You know, we're not getting 9-2, to 11-2, stupid prices about him. He's get, We're getting 12s and 14s. This is where he starts to... He'll, he'll, get, a, he'll get a win. Right, so that's but I haven't taken. I just whenever I was writing longer price tips I just kept thinking to myself the trouble with all this is Steve you can you can build this guy up build that guy up great reason to back him great reason to back him um but just banging you on the back of the head is well if Dustin Johnson turns up and Dustin Johnson plays to 95% of his capability this week he wins. And we discussed on the podcast last week, and that went down really well, by the way, with Barry, the fact that we were having time to chat about different kind of topics rather than just about tips and courses. Mm. Um, We said, are we getting to a period now which is slightly more than just a really hot streak? And I think this week kind of goes with this. It's like if Dustin was to win this week, are we seeing something quite special happening here? And I, I just want to be on that train. I want to be on that train that says, well, do you know what? I wasn't blown out of the water because Dustin won by, you know, Dustin just walked away with it. And all of a sudden you're fighting for second place with your each way puns. So I just thought I'd cover him off. So I went 4.6 to 1. And the fact is, when you've got Bet365 slashing a number within 10 minutes, yeah, you know that bookmakers this week do not want to take money on Dustin Johnson in any way, shape or form.
1: No, no, and he had to be. Um, he had to be a longer price than you'd seen him. in you know, in some of the, some of the outings uh, recently. You know, clearly he was shorter in Saudi. It was, a, it, was a, it wasn't a poor field in Saudi by any stretch, was it? It was a strong, strong field. Um, but uh, you expected him to be a little longer here simply because there are so many other players. Um, around him who are very, very capable of winning. But um, I'm with you, Steve. I mean, I, 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 very rarely back a market leader at single prices, at single digit prices but, um, but I've backed him at 6-1 I've, I've went only um, and I, there's, I don't see any logic to, to leave him out really if you you're kind of following the same same thought process that you had there you, you, you either find a market where Dustin Johnson isn't in that market so without DJ or... Whatever.
0: eradicate him. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Or one of the other sub markets, or you you back him to win because if he wins this golf tournament, then everyone else is playing for a place, and uh, you know this is cutting your potential uh, winnings down by by quite a lot. But but yeah, and he didn't even get out of first gear, second gear. At, uh, in Saudi. He was he was strong from T to green. He was poor on the greens. Um, and he's coming to a course that he's won on before. He's got a cracking record around it. Um, and he's putting on Poana Greens, which he's um, the oh best mate. Poana putter in this field.
0: Mate. As simple as that. I'm glad you reminded me of that. On my on my preview, clearly, golf betting system, just type that into your search engine, blah, blah, blah. I've started using DuckDuckGo, Paul, my search yeah, engine. Yeah, And I find I it far I, better than Google. I,
1: yeah, I, I like their Duck, stance. Duck, Duck, I like their privacy stance. It's very, uh, yeah, it's very innovative. Not... Check it out, guys.
0: Check it out. Duck, Duck Go, great search engine. I'm using it on my mobile and my laptop now. Um, but yes, Dustin Johnson in this field has won 11 titles on Poana Greens or Bentgrass Poemix Greens since 2008. The next best, guess who? Bubba Watson, six. And then we jump down to four. Bryson, Rory. And our old muck of Brandt Those were the days, eh? Brandt on yeah, power. Yeah. So, yes. It, this is just his best surface by a mile. Loves it. Yeah. I also love the fact that he, for some reason, put himself up to play the at t Pro-Am. He probably thought that it was going to be a Pro-Am and that he could play with Wayne Gretzky and then realised, oh, well, it's not a Pro-Am. <laughs> uh, uh, I'll just... I don't like his schedule over the previous year he's finished ninth year and 10th year the last two years and he and he went three consecutive weeks he flew out to Saudi played Saudi flew straight back played Pebble straight to Riviera and I don't care who you are that is going to be tiring That that is going to be weighing on you yeah yeah,
1: yeah. oh they're long old days as well at The uh, when they're playing the Pro-Am at the AT&T you've you got know,
0: the time zone changes of the yeah. travel you've got 8 hour rounds at Pebble you come straight here <laughs> Doesn't work. So for him to WD last week and spend ten days at Sherwood at Wayne's house in his condo playing Sherwood Country Club, perfect build up. Perfect, perfect build-up. I actually think that the Genesis he's won this once. I actually think that this cook this tournament means something to him. Always tries his best here. So I think DJ at six to one, I just I took him over Rory. That's that's how I fell on it. I can see some value in DeShamba. I think DeChambeau wouldn't be a bad bet either. I also fell on a guy that's playing some absolutely outstanding stuff right now. We mentioned his name in some of those um, categories earlier. Patrick Cantlay. Local man. uh, Long Beach. Grew up in Long Beach, Los Angeles. Went to UCLA here. Has played this course lots and lots and lots of times throughout college. Great record here. 6th, 15th, 17th. And you just cannot argue with the fact that he's playing some outstanding golf right now. He's outside Ryder Cup qualification and Olympic qualification right now. And he's 8th in the world. Yeah. So he's got to keep playing. Yeah, you know, If he wants to play in the Olympics, if that's any kind of dream for him. I know that he's going to get a pick. Uh, in the Ryder Cup, but everyone wants to everyone wants to qualify on merit, especially Team USA. If you can get in the top six players in a, you know, in the Euro, in the American rankings, you are some kind of player. But you know eighth at the Shriners, that was in Las Vegas, Nevada. He won the Zozo Championship at Sherwood Country Club, Thousand Oaks, California. He was 17th at the Masters, 13th at the Tournament of Champions, start, the, start of the year off. And then second at the Amex, Palm Springs, California. And third last week at the ATT Pebble Pro Beach program where he where he actually shot the course record on day one. Yeah. I just think late. I remember being on him, being on him at Memorial in 2019 when he won that. A big tournament. Um, and people are, oh, you know, oh, 16 to 1 on Patrick Cantley. I'm not having that. 18 to 1. It's far too short in this field. You know, X is better than him, Y is better than him. And he won. He kind of just shows you. you know, it's it. You just cannot argue with anything about his game right now. He's scrambling well. He's driving the ball well. He's hitting tons of greens. He's putting well. He just didn't get the job done last week at Pebble. But I think in this field i would just about take eighteen to one on him. I think he's got a great chance this week, Cantley, and it, he's he he's exactly what you said five minutes earlier. He's one of those guys that will make a bogey and just completely forget about it and play the play the next hole just in the strategic way that he feels fit for that hole. Yeah, so, yeah,
1: it's yeah. a good, good mindset to have, isn't it? It's, it is for him. You know, it's a, a winner's mindset, a, a major champion's mindset of the future.
0: So eighteen to one, it wasn't the best price. It wasn't the worst price. Um, I discounted Daniel Berger at eighteen to one last week in a, in a far poorer field than this. Um, yeah, I'd like more, but you're not going to get more because the guy's playing so well. So eighteen to one, I've taken it. Who is the first of your? I mean, you. you I know that you've backed DJ personally. I know that you're on him. Yeah. Is there anyone towards the top of the market you've also taken, or you you a bit deeper yeah. prices? Yeah, there there is. There,
1: there one other, um, slightly further down than, uh, than, than, the, than the two you've gone for so far. Yeah, yeah clearly I've backed, DJ. Um, Colin Morikawa I've backed, who um, is available generally around about the 30 to one mark. And uh, I, for me, there's some disparity here because he's sixth in the world, but uh, you have to scroll down to around about 11th, 12th in the betting to find him. Um, and for me, he's still being underrated yet. If you go back and have a look at his, um, his performances for his career to date, he's won three of his 43 professional starts. And one of those was a major championship. You know, At the age of 24, there's plenty more to come from uh, Morikawa, I think. Um, this is a home game from Effectively. He was born and bred in Los Angeles. Um, he lives in Vegas now, but, uh, but it should be clearly comfortable here in his home state. And uh, I think the only thing pushing his price out a little bit is the fact that he finished 68th in Dubai in his last start. Yeah, have a look at his. Um,
0: if you he ever, only his went Instagram. there to get check, didn't he? Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but to exactly. Green, it was just, he was absolutely shocking on the greens. Really shocking. Yeah.
1: But yeah, to yeah. Green he was a, good. Yeah, yeah, I think off the tee, he was fine. But yeah, have a look at his Instagram because he, he was out there ballooning and uh, he had plenty of other um, distractions while he was out there. It would seem. Um, so yeah I'm not ent- entirely convinced he was 100% there for the golf and to win the golf tournament so um, excluding that I mean prior to that he was what 7th at the tournament of champions 7th at the Sony Open um, first for Strokes game putting at the uh, Sony Open which was an eye opener mm. um, 26th here last year on debut he was second for Strokes Gain approach and again that bodes well I think uh, he opened with 73 closer with 73 but if you look in the two rounds in between 67 68 and both of those were in the top 10 rounds of the day so quickly got to grips with the track um in the conditions out there and you know, he, sh- he should be comfortable with it um you know being a, an, an LA lad when he was younger um, all three of his wins have come with some pine and in the greens as well so yeah um, that's true yeah you know, there's, uh there's a lot I I, I, I like his chances a lot in this week because an each way shot I, I I I would still maintain that I think DJ is going to win the tournament so um these play, players a little bit further down they do need to be each way Bets, but um, but yeah, thirty to one or thereabouts. Um, yeah, well worth it in my view.
0: Yeah, I can see Morikawa. I gave him close consideration, but the only fear with me—I'm sorry for for peeing on your strawberries but you know what I'm going to say. I just think he struggles around the green. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. He's
0: got, 149th to... at the moment for scrambling on tour. Yeah,
1: he's got he's got to hit You know, the, the upper upper number of those. Um, stats that you read out before, he needs to be in the in the mid to high seventies in terms of his greens hit
0: this week. And he's got to have a great week with the with yeah. the with the wedge, you know, that it's scrambling just, game, or he's got to be missing is. in the right spots. And actually, he's got the ability because he's so. I mean, he's got one of the best iron players on the planet. There's no doubt mm. about that. Yeah, I can see Morikawa. He's that. Lo- he's got that local power knowledge as well. And I, 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 I don't. I'm trying to cast my mind back to the leaderboard at. Um, T P C Harding Park. And you know, we've seen McElroy win around there in the match play. And you had Morikara, Paul Casey's done well here. He was he almost won the PJ, didn't he? Dustin Johnson was the leader for a period of time. DeChambo was right up there. Finau was up there. And you look, they've all played well at Riviera. Yeah. So so there's undoubtedly that if he can win at Harding Park, he can win around here. So yeah, I get that. And it's true, isn't it? His price, he seems to be one of these players. You know, he's not a Xander who's constantly 12 to 1 every week and doesn't win. You've got Colin that does win. He's won two in his last 25 outings, yeah, including yeah. a major, and he's out of 33 to 1. Yeah. 30 to 1. And
1: what, when you backed him at the, uh, the PGA, what was he, 33, 35 to 1? He was 33 was? to 1. Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, 35s, yeah, 35s, yeah, 35s. Wow. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Um,. Next one for me, yeah, it's an auto bet. For, you know, Bubba Watson. So why wouldn't you take him? Bubba tracks three three times. Loves power. Loves you know just loves the greens. Can actually putt on these greens for some bizarre reason. This course seems to suit rubbish putters. <laughs> so
1: yeah, yeah, there's plenty of poor putters who've uh, who've done well around him. You only have to look at last year, don't you?
0: What Sun Kang. <laughs> I was, thinking, I was thinking more no, Adam Scott. Adam yeah. Scott, yeah, yeah, exactly. I've never really thought of Torrey Pines or here as a putters golf course. No, no, that was no. until Patrick Reed won at Torrey Pines. But Patrick Reed can play. Yeah, Patrick Reed does what Patrick Reed does. People will be shouting at, the, at their uh, listening device right now. Yeah, he cheats, but we're not going to go down that route. But yes, I yeah. Watson's just an auto bet, isn't he? I think you know when you're getting forty-five to one on Bubba Watson. Of course, he's won at three times. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. And actually, at Phoenix, started horribly. Missed the cut at Torrey Pines. Bearing in mind that was his season, his year debut. Uh, and then progressively, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you could just see that Bubba was actually just doing what Bubba does: hitting the ball a long way, hitting quite a few greens, and actually putty, made some putts in Phoenix. Yeah. So he'll come in with no expectation whatsoever. I put him up last year, and he he finished second at Phoenix, and as we saw again at the Masters, don't ever back Bubba Watson when he's got some expectation on his shoulders and he knows that he's got a chance. He's better when he just comes free wheeling in here, no expectations, no problems, no worries. He's in the top fifty in the world. Just He's made it to the WGC next yeah, week. He's in it. He'll yeah. just he'll just play what he wants to do, and actually that can be devastating around here, Bubba. Yeah.
1: Oh no, he's well capable, wasn't he? I think that the biggest thing holding that back from your perspective, Steve, is that both I and Barry are on Bubba as well this week. So, yeah, game um, over. <laughs> yeah, we're in serious trouble. So, so no Bubba, Bubba
0: will miss the cut. It's yeah. <laughs>
1: he's, he's very difficult to overlook at, uh, at, at Riviera. And uh, there was enough in that 22nd place finish at Phoenix to, uh, to, to give you a little yeah. bit of confidence that he can improve on that this week
0: one that's a bit under the radar i thought but has been playing some decent stuff and has got a cast iron sort of correlating course form look here is mark leishman yeah. his irons at the moment are absolutely fabulous and if we remember like last year i think covid and uh, no you know it just really hit his game leishman in my um strokes gain trackers over the last eight weeks he's fourth for strokes gained on approach behind guess who yokin neiman dustin johnson and victor hovland he's fourth in that particular category he's also um 10th tied 10th with cam davis in strokes gain total after over the last eight weeks so basically strokes gain current form so he's playing well under the radar. I never fancied him to defend. He doesn't defend titles at Torrey Pines. But you just look at where he plays well. Torrey Pines, he's played well here in the past. A couple of top four finishes, top five finishes. He just plays well on big, boy, classical, old-style golf courses in America. That's his bread and butter. And also, I remember him winning at Conway Farms. And Conway Farms is another track that really sort of links in well to here. Because Conway Farms is a Tom Fazio design. Yep. And this is a Tom Fazio renovation. He's, he's done lots of work here at Fazio. And Conway Farms, he won the BMW Championship there a few years ago. So, yeah, there's lots lots to like, I think, about uh, Mark Leishman this week. Mm. Australian, kikuyu grass, yeah, firm, yes, fiery conditions... Great short game. And he's putting quite nicely at the moment. He's actually in the top ten strokes game putting over the last eight weeks in my trackers.
1: Yeah, so, well, he, when, he's, when he's good and when he's on form, he does putt well, Leishman.
0: The average winning price here over the last seven renewals is 71 to 1. Mm. So you're not going to put me off Bubba at that price. You're not going to put me off Mark Leishman at that price because they tend to be. I mean. Scott won here last year at thirty-three to one. Yeah, it happens. Uh, the other one, I know that you you could never have part of him, and a lot of people will say, and I'll be saying exactly the same thing come Sunday. Um, don't ever back a player that closes his eyes when he putts. But I've had to, t- I've, t- I've, t- I've, <laughs> I've had to take Sergio. You know. You have, you have to take your medicine sometimes, and there's certain certain players that you, you go back to the well on. And Sergio's one of those for me. But you kind of argue right now, and you said this the other week on this podcast, he's driving right now, which for me is the strength of his game. And they always say take a player when their strength is actually at the peak of its powers. Yeah, yeah. And you know we were discussing Rory out earlier. Is his driving, which is the, well, you know, probably the best part of his game, at the peak of its powers right now? And you'd you'd say, well, no, it's not really. You look at Sergio. Is his driving, which is the best asset of his game, at its peak right now? And you'd say, yeah, it is, because oh, yeah. his his, yeah. his driving game right now is fantastic.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's um, it, it, yeah. As I said in the previous pod, you could. Uh, you could easily put a highlights reel together of his 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 uh, driving. It's has uh, you know, been very strong recently. Yeah, I, no, I, I he went on my he went on my list for maybe temporarily, but he's on there at the moment. Uh, so so I I can't go near him, but I can I can see the see where you're coming from with it, Steve.
0: Two eagles and twenty three birdies. One eagle and nineteen birdies, and then nineteen birdies. Those are his last three outings across the Tournament of Champions at Kapalua. That was the first time he'd played there since 2006. He finished 11th. Guess what? Couldn't make any, you know, couldn't make any long putts because he can't. His strokes game putting numbers are awful. But Dubai and Saudi, you know, he's in the mix, right in the mix. He went off in the final group on Sunday in the 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 Emirates at the uh, Dubai Desert Classic, where Casey won. He's playing some great stuff. He's got a half decent record here. He's got three top six finishes across 07. 12 and 15 and it's Ryder Cup year if he wants to make the Ryder Cup team he's got to keep playing good golf yeah. yep he's as good a putt- he's probably as good a putter as um, a Jason Kokrag or an Adam Scott really isn't he as he, he can't putt but actually <laughs> there's a lot of bad putters that have done really well here yeah,
1: so, yeah the, 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 I don't yeah, know, I know. Yeah. Yeah. he's just but about doing he
0: enough me. for me To he was just about doing enough for me at 66 to 1 to say, oh, do you know what? I'll take a, I'll take a little punt on Sergio. Uh, uh, you know, a top fifty in the world player at sixty-six to one on a course that I think will suit him. I'll have a bit of that. So I've gone Garcia, Mark Leishman, Big Bad Bubba, Patrick Cantlay, and I've done the sin of all sins. I've backed Dustin Johnson at six to one. Yep. The bet that no bookmaker wants to take, <laughs> and that's why you're getting that prize.
1: No, I think I, th- I think that's a I think that's a prudent approach this week. Too, let's
0: talk triple. Let's let's talk triple digits here, Paul. Because even though this field is loaded, I'll just read you some numbers. Scott Brown finished runner up here. last asked you at five hundred to one. Yeah. Sung Kang was right up there at two hundred and fifty to one. Max Homer was in the mix at a hundred to one, and Joel Damon also scored an each way payout at two hundred and seventy five to one.
1: Yeah.
0: J.B. Holmes has won good. this at 150 to one a couple of years ago. Siwoo Kim was 125 to one that week. There are triple digits scoring each way, full payouts here each and every year. So who do you fancy at triple yeah. digits this week? No,
1: there, there are there are a number, aren't there? Um, mm. Longer, I mean, I, I spoke to Barry briefly yesterday. He couldn't be on today, but. Uh, He's backed Max Homer. Um, he's not quite triple digits, I don't think, but um, clearly fences a bit of Homer. The other one Barry's backed is James Hahn, clearly a previous winner here. Um, and you get in Hahn around about the 125 to one mark. Clearly, he, he played... Uh, yeah. He played well for a long chunk at Sir Phoenix, didn't he? And then, oh mate, was he was un- he, he, yeah.
0: well. He played far too well, didn't he? Because he he hit the lead and was leading by about three shots, and then realised what the hell he was doing. And yeah. Got on the bogey train, but he's, all, he, all,
1: all unravelled a bit, didn't
0: it? He? He's there, or thereabouts though. Any harm? So he's clearly <laughs> playing some good stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I, I, I can see that bet, and uh, yeah, Barry's taking him on. Uh, personally, I've backed two, um, both of them available out there at the moment, at two hundred to one. Um, you, slightly less if you want uh, more places, but uh, each their own as ever. Uh, first one I backed is uh, Ches Revi, and as you said, going back to the wealth for for some of your players, I'm back to the world for a bit of Ches. Um, he was well. He, didn't do too badly last week. It was a poor start to the year for Chess, but he was on the wrong side of the draw last week. and He opened with three bogeys in his first four holes, shot 74. So he's staring another missed cut in the face, but then recovered to finish 16th overall, 67 71 67 his final three rounds last week. Um, and perhaps that's going to spur him on to something a little bit uh, better going forward. I mean, his first for strokes going to approach last week, fifth for strokes going to tee to green. Um, in old money, that was seventh for drive and accuracy, third for greens and regulation. And that's much more like the Ches Reavy that we expect and not the uh, results that we'd seen from the previous few weeks with uh, with William Chesney. Um 7th here in 2016, uh, 10th here last year as well. I mean, there's some dross in there as well. He's missed the cut here six times, so it's a bit of a hit and miss. But then again, at that kind of price, what do you expect, I guess? You know, you're taking a chance on him to uh, to produce one of his better weeks rather than one of his uh, one of his worse. And I'm quite happy to take him on at that kind of price. Uh, with decent... Uh, you know, rubbing shoulders with decent players, finished third at the US Open when we were on board, yeah. sixth at the St. Jude last year as well. So, both yeah. of those in very strong fields. And um, I think, you know, when the course suits, he's quite capable of uh, getting himself into an each way paying position. And I think that's probably all we can expect. I'd, I'd be surprised if he went on and actually won the tournament. But, um, you know, that kind of price with the uh, each way terms that are out there this week and, you know, the. the, the Eight, eight places is generally available over here in the UK, um, and uh, there's uh, a little bit of 10 places each way from ball sports this week as well, um, with some slightly reduced prices if you fancy that angle instead. So uh, so yeah, a bit of Ches for me. The other one I've backed is Kyung Hoon Lee, KH Lee, yep. and again is available out there at 200 to 1.
0: Outstanding last time out in Phoenix.
1: It was, yeah, he didn't do much wrong, really, did he? Um, 66, 66, 66, and sixty 68 to finish, and you've got the likes of Kepka and finished alongside, alongside it, you know, There's no disgrace in that. Absolutely. He's getting closer, isn't he? Mm. He's getting close. Four wins in Japan and Asia over the years, and uh, nothing on the PJ Tour yet, so that was his best effort to date, but... Um, but yeah, not not far away, I don't think. Koreans like, have always
0: just... played well around here. I can go well, back to the Sang-moon. days of KJ Choi. Sang Moon Bay used to do yeah. all right around here. Um, we had yeah. Siwoo Kim a few years ago. It was, he came off a fifth, didn't he, at Pebble Beach and then got a top three here at 125 to one. So there's yeah. no reason why K- Kung Hoon Lee can't do exactly the same thing.
1: No, no. I think he's. Uh, I think he's got a better chance than his price suggests out there this week. First for strokes gained around the green last time. First for strokes gained tee to green, in Phoenix as well. Um, record here: 25th, 13th from his two starts. Wow, really? Yeah. Outstanding. Seven, oh, uh, first for strokes gained approach in 2019. Third for strokes gained putting last year. So if you put all that together, first for strokes gained putting last year. Third, first for strokes gained approach 2019. First for strokes gained around the green last time out. First with strokes getting T to Green in Phoenix. He puts all that together. He wins yep. by six or eight here this week.
0: <laughs> he's also coming <laughs> off the best finish of his career. Yeah, yeah absolutely. At the Phoenix yeah, yeah. Open. So yeah, he'll he's, be at His highest reaping yep. uh, world ranking point. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. He'll be Boyd, so won't he? Biggest paycheck ever. So, yeah. yeah, so that's, that's an interesting bet.
1: So yeah, hopefully he can sneak into one of the uh, each-way paying positions as well this week. So, so there's him and Chez... Uh, my two long shots are oh, back to first round leader as well which is yeah. Keegan Bradley at I've, I've 100 got to, to 1
0: I've got to get on this
1: yeah oh, he's, that, he's that type isn't he Yeah, he, he's that type isn't he yeah. and, going, and you've, you've listed a lot of um, history of first round performances um in your preview this week and there's not much between the early and uh, late starters historically and as you said the, um, the the conditions this week are going to be pretty much um, dead flat aren't they for the, for the course of yeah. the four days so um regardless of his tee time i can't see there's going to be a great deal of difference there and he's he's one of these regular first round leader um, appearance of players who appears on the first round leader leaderboards really quite regularly. Last time he was the first round leader was Torrey Pines last year, uh, which clearly holds some, um, some correlation here and if you go through his re- recent record, he's had three first round leaders uh, finishes in his last 45 starts, so 1 in 15 for a guy who's 100 to 1 to, uh, to prevail in that um, uh, market here this week. Phoenix, he was second to halfway, sixth after the first day, so started out well enough there. Um, he was third after day one at the RSM before Christmas. He's opened with a 66 here in 2019, um, which was uh, decent enough for an, an each-way position at that tournament. He's also finished second and fourth overall here in previous years gone by. So can play the course, can get off to a fast start, He's the kind of player that if you've backed him outright, can get infuriating because he often does have a fast start and then kind of drifts away as the uh, tournament progresses. But uh, if he's going to have a decent first round or a decent round this week, let's hope it's the first
0: round for Kevin. Bet- Betfair Sportsbook are hanging eight places each way at fifty odds, hundred and fifty to one about Matthew Neesmith. And I don't know if that's I don't know if that's a great bet. Top eight. I think 6-1, to one, top 20 with the same company is a decent bet. 6-1, to one, top 20, Matthew Neesmith. This, this Neesmith guy, I mentioned him at the end of last year at the RSM Classic, got right in the mix, got too much for him on Sunday, went backwards.
1: Yeah.
0: But he is unbelievably good, this guy. Last three outings, second at, Pebble, at uh, Farmers Insurance at Torrey Pines for strokes gained approach. 11th for Strokes Gain Approach in Phoenix and 3rd last week at Pebble Beach T to Green 8th at the Farmers Insurance Open at Torrey Pines 13th at the Phoenix Open and 4th last week at Pebble Beach so that's 4th across Pebble Beach 54 holes he finished 5th for Strokes Gain Total at the AT&T last week because he clearly didn't play Spyglass very well on his round around there 7th and 16th in his last two outings, Neesmith. He's never played here. That's a negative. Yeah. That's probably why I wouldn't take the each way punt, to be honest. He was 11th at Pebble Beach last year. So 11th at Pebble Beach. Uh, clearly gets on okay with Power. No, he's not a disaster with the putt in the flat blade on Power. I just think top 26 to 1 on Neesmith is a good punt because this guy from to Green is exceptional. Yeah. And he's not bad around the greens either. I'm seeing he hasn't been outside the top 23 for strokes going around the green in those three outings either. He was ninth for around the green last week. So if he misses greens, he's good at scrambling as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. no, it was seventh and 16th overalls last two starts. So he would have obliged in that market in those last two outings as well. So, yeah, again, mm. I, can see you, I can see your angle of attack there, Stephen.
0: It'll be twelve to one next week for the Puerto Rico Open, where he finished <laughs> where he finished sixth last year on tournament yeah. debut. Yeah, the hot hey, favourite. You wait and see, mate. Everyone will be backing Matthew Neesmith at twenty-five to one or twenty to one. I'll probably join. Them. Paul, thank you for your time. Should be a good tournament. Yeah, it should be. Looking forward to this one. Yeah, best of luck this week. And to you. Let's see if we can get a winner. We say that every week. <laughs> it's
1: coming, Steve.
0: I hope you yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, so is Christmas. Uh, just think they'll, they'll open up the pubs at some stage this year. That's coming as well. Yeah, 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 There's a lot yeah. to look forward to. Right. Thank you for your time. Thank you to the listeners. It's been a bit longer than usual, but it's a great golf tournament, so we've had plenty of natter about. Um, I hope you enjoy the Genesis Invitational. Hope your bets go well. We'll be back in next week for the first World Golf Championship of 2021, the WGC at the concession and the Puerto Rico Open. See you later.